1: Bring in show music,
0: please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Sports billionaire Michael Rubin of Fanatics, where fans can buy collectibles, apparel, soon make bets, he says sports may be a recession hedge.
2: There's no question that every consumer business is affected by what's going on right now, but what's Different is that sports has so much secular
1: growth.
0: Activists hitting the world's largest asset manager on what they see as sustainability hypocrisy.
1: So talk about uh, bedfellows or or strange bedfellows. For the last six months, BlackRock's been taken from the right.
0: And all the rest of the stories that got us squawking today. The latest in China's zero COVID policy, tracking technology and another election night after another election night. Have we done this before?
3: That election's coming. We're in election season.
0: It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now.
1: Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue please.
4: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin.
3: I'm just kind of glad to be back here. <laughs> I threw off the shackles of that jacket. Oh, my God. <laughs> What are you talking about? Yesterday. Oh, so constricting. Th- threw off the. Now I, your, your now I can't. Jacket, your suit jacket? Yeah, yeah, now I can't. I'm not going to be able to breathe again because i got to hold everything in. But uh, yeah. Put in a jacket. It's very. It's st- so constricting. It's and, So
1: it, it
4: changes. the it t- worse. T- t- huh? You could have made the fashion faux pas that I'm wearing today. What's that? I don't know. I went a
1: little bit women. I don't think do You it was want the right me
3: voice? to go into. They know nothing! So that this. <laughs> that saying. way, this tape can <laughs> <I> be
1: played <laughs> forever <laughs> and she'll be wearing. Like,
3: oh, please let nothing. Like Aaron nothing Burnett's today. giraffe this gonna be, outfit.
1: This
4: is going to be the shirt I can never forget.
1: But. Right? Uh, well, what do we just say about this shirt?
3: It's, she can hide in the jungle <laughs> and no one will see her. You just see I her brought face moving. I'm on when myself went.
4: this was totally my fault.
3: I like it. I do. Well, although, are we allowed to say that? I'm ambivalent. I'll
4: take it today. I'm ambivalent.
3: You, you won't report me. I'm ambivalent about it. Look, he's
1: petrified. Are you going to say anything at all?
4: Make I, me feel I wore a
1: tie a couple so of weeks common. ago, and I had a Sorry. friend who, who emailed my wife about the tie and said never Not like again. Wow. <laughs> said oh love God. your husband, but you know. Oh my God, you got That from tie wow. in the garbage. Okay, so, they're going to move us on. Know. I feel it. I feel it coming. Let's talk about China. Uh, given uh, what we're just talking about with energy and everything else, uh, COVID uh, restrictions there being eased. That continued overnight authorities saying that people will no longer need to show negative tests in order to travel between different parts of the country. The new rules also bar officials from arbitrarily locking down neighborhoods, shutting businesses and restricting the ability of residents to go about their daily lives. The National Health Commission, they're formalizing other recent changes to COVID controls, including allowing more people to quarantine at home. So in some cases, progress being made, but um, there could be a temporary some period of time that's going to be, you know, a big big challenge there health-wise maybe time for a they know nothing moment maybe i'll do it this
3: time in terms of the fed that keeps raising to put us into a recession i'm i'm ready for
4: it maybe wait till tomorrow (laughs) i can wear something a little more you would
3: be happy if if this was the moment that was preserved you're looking good that ties
1: perfect The knot, center dimple everything else so you're good you're good with being I have never really thought about it in the context of the clothing, the, the, oh. the posterity. P- yeah. Yes. It's more the hair, <laughs> makeup. You.
0: You. You. The people have spoken.
3: Yeah. NBC projects that Senator Raphael Warnock will hold on uh, to that seat in Georgia, defeating Republican challenger Herschel Walker. In yesterday's runoff uh, election, that gives Democrats a 51-49 majority in the Senate, and with this win, Democrats will gain majorities on key Senate committees. That's the difference between when it was 50-50. It could also lessen uh, the outsized influence wielded uh, by a few moderate Democrats, especially remember uh, Senators uh, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, no longer will be that sort of uh, swing vote where they, they had so much, uh, so much power. Um, a lot of senators up in two years again. It's yeah. crazy with the stagger. Oh, it's always a third. Yeah, right. every time. Um, a lot of them, and but a lot of vulnerable, I guess, Democrats. Not as many uh, vulnerable Republicans. So we're back on. That election's coming. Yep. That election's
1: coming. We're in election season. Because it's been that three is. weeks since yeah, the last it's one. Yeah. <laughs> Meantime, right. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink now facing some calls to resign over accusations of hypocrisy over the firm's focus on ESG issues. The UK-based investment firm Bluebell Capital Partners releasing a letter that it had sent to Fink last month. Bluebell, which holds roughly $250 million, I should say, in assets and is known for waging campaigns against prominent companies, argues that BlackRock changed position several times on investing in thermal coal production, in contrast to Fink's widely publicized sustainable commitments. Now, in a statement to CBC, BlackRock says, in the past 18 months, Bluebell has waged a number of campaigns to promote their climate and governance agenda. BlackRock investment stewardship do not support their campaigns, as we did not consider them to be in the best economic interests of our clients. So, talk about uh, bedfellows or, or, or strange bedfellows. You know, these folks are effectively <laughs> I, saying that they're it, not going coming at far, them from the left. You know, this is what's so interesting. Yeah. For the last six months, BlackRock right. has been you know taking it from the right. They've also, by the way, not just they've taken it from the left. The state of New York pension, um, right. uh, I think the New York controller and others have, have written letters. But now this is an activist fund, effectively trying to make an activist campaign against. But he hasn't done enough. Them. Yeah, they're not, they're not. But but I love the what I love the response. We would not let
3: ESG influence our investment decisions and our fiduciary responsibility to maximize shareholder value. That's what the whole issue is from people attacking from the other side. Vivek or, or, or whomever you saying your fiduciary responsibility is to pension plans, right. plan, to maximize but, your return, I, I, and by yeah. not in, by by and making just, it all about ESG, make, you're not maximizing one, your. I'm, return. I'm going to
1: say one thing about this, and we don't need to debate it a million times because we do this. But one, you see all the time. what I'm saying. But I believe, I mean this as genuinely as I humanly can say it. Yeah. I truly believe that his and this is Larry Fink and BlackRock's policy or. Uh, pioneering uh, conversation around climate and things was focused on the fiduciary side of it, meaning what he was saying for the last ten years is, I believe that climate is going to be a good investment, and the truth is, it has turned out to be a good investment.
4: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't slow. argue with that. I look, at the, and, and the, he, because he thought public policy was going to push things. Exactly. And
1: exactly. But
3: we have seen where good intentions lead hopefully to good places well over in europe it hasn't near term and in no, allowing putin to have all that leverage because they abandon uh, legacy energy to try to to quickly transition has put us into the pickle we're in right but now. But I
4: think that has f- pushed, put a and laser Black focus. Blackrock shares a lot, of the, shares a lot
3: of the blame for but, that. But I, think,
4: but I think, everybody sees the problems in Europe and does not want to repeat that. That's why Larry Fink is saying fossil fuels are going to be around right. for the next 70 years. Right. By the way, we well, should well now he as, is. But uh, activist but, but, investor, by the way, 250 million dollar stake. I mean, as a company that's got hundreds of millions dollars in market cap. About so it's less than a quarter of a percent.
3: The catastrophic aspect. of 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 climate change. There's still a debate that goes on about that, right, So if Larry Fink has a hysterical view in his own mind of what he needs to do to protect his clients from the rising seas, and that ends up hurting shareholder value, I don't don't care about Larry Fink's opinion on this. But that's not what he's saying. He's making a decision that may be dead wrong for all these clients that didn't give all, him that what he's not making a decision is the point he's voting Adamczyk he's yesterday. voting the what, shares what about what of these in proxy Adamczyk materials what
4: Darius Adamczyk yesterday said that well, every I, I was, he arg- talks to was
3: arguing is. with him too we did um, you have something called a sustainability index when we survey a lot of executives through some of the US and companies actually countries throughout the world did you know for example that sustainability in the U.S. at least, is now ahead of meeting financial commitments. It's Mm -hmm. the same way in Latin America. So I do think it has people's attention. um, But, you know, what's going to happen? We're seeing a lot of interest on the part of customers to drive some of these solutions.
4: But he says every customer he talks to Where's is interested he from? in doing he's, these
3: he's, things. he's got the euro North
4: Carolina is where. Well, but
3: I mean, but he's got but, the euro view of if all if this. You
4: are somebody who is trying to do business, and every one of these CEOs says they want to do this because they are being tasked, whether it be by their shareholders, whether it be by just public policy, and where the money's going in Washington
3: that tells right. you. you have well, there's going to gonna be pressure stuff. from the other side, and it's already started, and it, it's been probably more. Uh, Focus prevalent. On the it's rod, probably yeah. been more yeah. no prevalent from the other side of of you're crazy to not that for every Darius there there's a there's a, a Jamie but Diamond I, said I will absolutely not guarantee you I won't fund fossil fuel. I don't think company. I don't think
4: what Darius said and what Jamie said are counterintuitive that they're taking and picking sides to each other. Yeah, right. right. I, I counter to each other.
2: Businesses are being, you know, dragged into all these various issues. We defend our people. We defend our rights. We have, we have our own right to free speech. If a, if a state wants to do something like that, so be it. We're one of the big, you know, we support all the big oil companies, who, by the way, are the ones who are going to pay for most of this transition to reduce CO2. They're doing right. the best job at all. So, you know, my view is that we will do the right thing, and some of those states will question it, and they have the right to question it.
4: I don't think that what they're saying contradicts. I think what Darius says is I'm, I'm doing what customers tell me they want. If there's a market for it, I'm going to sell it.
3: Well, the, the, the funny thing is, and it's, it, in all politics, it's funny to see where a moderate person can be attacked from. They can be attacked yeah. from the right or the <laughs> left. And in this case, I read it and I'm like, oh, good. You know, this is this, someone's, you know, holding <laughs> BlackRock's feet to the fire for the, some of these ridiculous uh, things that they've pursued. And I go, oh, my God, it's from the other side. They have, go, he hasn't gone left enough. With go look with, at the voting record. So you, well, I know. Well, then they, you know, they should be mad. Because and I've seen that criticism of BlackRock that when push comes to shove, he still is in bed with fossil fuel and guns and defense and everything
1: else. Well, so I think funny. the larger issue is that he's been writing these letters, which have created a conversation in the boardroom. Yeah, they, and it signal a lot of virtue. So much, so much that I think he might might be the most virtuous person that I've ever met. Two women, though, sued Apple this week. This over the dangers of its AirTag tracking devices in the hands of stalkers. Now, both women say the devices were used by their former partners to track them. They argue the company failed to heed warnings from advocacy, excuse me, advocacy groups and news reports, uh, saying in the filing, with a price point of just $29, it's become a weapon of choice of stalkers and abusers. In February, Apple said it would update AirTag. Uh, To make it harder for people to use them to track others without their knowledge, the lawsuit called those safeguards woefully inadequate because they don't offer automatic protections for Android users. I mean, this is
4: a serious issue, actually, the idea of being tracked without your knowledge. Um, I I think if you have an iPhone, there are going to be ways to alert you, but I think the Android issue is a real one. What if you don't have a phone, if there's something else along those lines? You've you heard more and more stories about people yeah. who've been tracked in the I've process. I've
3: heard some weird things. That, that yeah. after a Tinder date, yeah, uh, woman goes home, finds a guy's earbuds in her. He slipped the earbuds into her purse or something. And they're two little I things. Well, you can track those. You can yeah. know where they are. And, and he, she called the guy and said, "What are your earbuds doing?" And he goes, "Oh, she, did that? Oh, are they there? I, I wondered where they were. I mean, that doesn't, they don't fall into." someone's purse and then she said you were doing this to trap me and he
1: really didn't have a good excuse for uh, but that i don't know but at the same time so i mean I, there's no at the same time except well, with say, kids no i i put them in bags i put them in all sorts of stuff no it's, and it's I, the well, utilities it's the safeguards. safeguards right, i know
4: the safeguards i think are, are are an issue of finding a way because it's the unintended right. consequences of something
3: i know parents that have you know the, the uh, find my iPhone gets turned off with their kids or something, and yeah. then they're like, and they're turning it back back on and without even telling them. So because that, that's a pretty powerful. If we're you're we're the well parent, intentioned. You're probably, we're if you're well parent, intentioned. You're probably
4: paying the bill, and the answer needs to be the kid. You leave this on, or I'm taking the phone back.
3: Yeah, exactly. Which is what
4: we have right. said. You don't turn the your iPhone are, thing are, off, or you, you don't
3: get a phone. Your kids still want to stay on,
1: but you'll see someday. Someday they're going to they're where mess. the hell they are. Yeah. To leave the nest and, and turn off find my iPhone and then yeah. right
4: No but that the, to me the answer is who's paying the bill
1: Unless they're millennials, then you don't need to, to really worry about it.
4: Uh, yeah
0: <laughs> At Joe Squawk send all your comments there.
1: Cheese will be next.
0: Yes, follow our team on Twitter at Joe Squawk, at Becky Quick and at Andrew R. Sorgan. You can also follow the show at Squawk CNBC. Coming up next, sports platform Fanatics hits a $31 billion valuation in its latest funding round. Founder Michael Rubin joins us.
2: Our biggest business, which is Fanatics Commerce, which will be, you know, next year will be close to a $7 billion division. You know, that business is going to grow nearly 20%, but I think we're going 25%, you know, maybe even 30% had the economy been stronger.
3: Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block it strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds thanks to AI.
0: Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction.
3: Now I can say bye-bye
0: to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com designed for work. Canva. What's on the horizon for financial markets? You're listening to Squawk Pod.
1: Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. Shopping season is
3: underway for retailers, but uh, at the Business Roundtable annual meeting, we asked Walmart CEO Doug McMillan whether inflation could dampen the holiday spirit for consumers. They're still stressed. I mean, we we serve everybody. Um, Americans come to Walmart. Um, We've got some customers who are more budget conscious that have been under inflation pressure now for months. It really started changing in March, April of this year. And that sustained pressure in some categories, I think, um, is something that that customers are having to deal with as we approach Christmas. And joining us now with more on the state of the consumer and a big announcement of his own, Michael Rubin, CEO uh, of Fanatics. I I don't know whether you have an elastic Demand business. I don't. Okay, the, the a, couple a, months a, you're, you're you're funding a couple months ago, twenty seven billion. You got another uh, funding you can talk about today. It's, a, it's you got a billion and a half that values your company at thirty one billion. It just keeps going up, up, up.
2: Well, we think we're just getting started. Um, first and foremost, and we think we have an enormous opportunity in front of us. And um, you know, we've been at this for eleven years now, but I mean, we're truly in the first inning of the game. So um you know we've built a, a nice business in fanatics commerce which is our you know kind of leading license business the collectibles business that we started two years ago is doing really well and we're excited to enter gaming um by the way with you as our number one customer <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to crush uh, gaming
1: so
3: you you're in the direct first, transfer from are you CNBC the, first inning fanatics. Or the first quarter let's say first quarter might be more. Uh, we, we got nine like, more of these we, we feel like we're in the first inning oh my god um so what I was going to I I don't know whether Fanatics uh does inflation does a recession does it cool things off or does uh, that of, of, of course it Look, does a little Yeah
2: I mean our business this year our biggest business which is fanatics commerce which will be you know next year will be close to a 7 billion dollar division um you know that yeah. business is going to grow um nearly 20% but I think we're going 25% you know maybe even 30% had um the economy been stronger I think every business mm-hmm. That sells to the consumer is affected by what's going on right now, and are, you need to be are you seeing more that already? Definitely, we've been seeing it. Um, I think really since you know, kind of May, June, you saw kind of a deceleration, but it's still really strong business. I mean, e-commerce sales this holiday season, which I think is right. the best barometer, it's the most recent barometer. We're up um, about twenty percent,
1: um, but we're we're super cautious every day. You need to be conservative. But is it a, is it different in terms of volume, number of products, or the kind of product? I mean, we were talking to Andy Jassy last week. And he was saying, you know, people were buying crazy big TVs. Now they're actually, they're still buying the TVs. They're just buying smaller TVs.
3: It's very clear that consumers, they're spending, but they're being careful about trying to stretch their dollars. So they, you know, we spent a lot of time having millions of deals available for Black Friday and Cyber Monday and the last, you know, the Turkey Five, that people call it. And people care a lot about getting a bargain right now.
2: Look, our top sellers are still jerseys, hats, t-shirts, um, you know, Mitchell Nest, which we acquired earlier this year, but, um, there's no question that any consumer, every consumer business is affected by what's going on right now. But I think if you have what's. Different is that sports has so much secular growth, and I think that yeah, is probably the you're, one thing. You're a, it's
3: pre- a second derivative problem for you. It's not that the growth is down. It's that, or it's not that the the sales are down. It's the the sales growth might be moderating slightly.
2: And the, what, we, we went into the year thinking. We went into last year and this year thinking logistics would be more challenged you know, business would be more complicated, and that when the government stopped giving away free money, the comps would get more complicated. It wasn't, you know, there were no surprises for us this year, to be honest. Well,
4: I just wonder how that plays out in the gaming industry. Obviously, it's a huge, fast-growing industry. There's a lot of competition there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, we watch it in, in our business, too. People who were day trading had a lot of excess cash sitting around during the day yeah. were willing to put that money to work in the market yeah. in, in almost a gambling sort of mentality. Yeah. How does gaming that play is out?
2: more, um, I'd say... Uh, recession resistant than other businesses so i think if if we would have been up 25% now we're up 20% in our core e-commerce you know part push in the merchandise business I think gaming will feel it a little bit but I think they'll feel it a little bit less to be honest did and, you see any bump
3: in w- when you had to replace your whole wardrobe with with clothes three sizes smaller did you see any bump in uh, what, I'm definitely are you, stimulated. what are you are
1: you I'm definitely. Did you replace th- your
3: entire wardrobe with size de- whatever? Definitely
1: 100. I'll be the first to say. That like, looks like a million dollars. I'm the a couple billion actually. No, like, but a, yeah, he looks like, great.
2: He well, looks like ten, 10 billion. Dollars. First of all, the weekly shot is amazing. Uh, the guy, oh, doctor, Dr. Lou Aronie, who prescribed it to me, is also amazing. He's like the, the most innovative weight loss guy. And I started this about a year ago. It's been life changing for me. I told not, you, if I'm, I'm not hungry shot, anymore.
1: I want to get a shot. I'm not going to have any more wrinkles. Yeah. Okay? Well, you, if I ever do it, but I'm not going. I got a question about the gaming world which is do you think it's too competitive a lot of companies have given away a lot of money trying to get market share yeah and there's also then the question of whether espn yep. under bob Iger, will ultimately either get into the gaming business or not and what that may do to the larger sort of landscape
2: so, so let me say i went to our board in march of 2021 when valuations were at the highest and i walked wow. in with a thesis that said we desire to be the number one gaming business long-term, a decade from now, globally. And I think people would have thought we were crazy if we hadn't already done that in the merchandise business and the collectibles business. And our thesis was, if you look outside of the U.S., um, there are so many companies that are really profitable, good businesses. Flutter, Entain, Bet365, you know, there's, there's $10 billion plus of EBITDA outside of North American online sports betting and iGaming. Then if you look at the offline casinos in the U.S., there are also really good businesses. MGM, right. Caesars, um, you know, Penn Gaming, et cetera. Yep. And so we just looked at the economics and what you saw was the whole environment started giving away free money um, with crazy marketing costs. And so what you saw is, it's like in the beginning of anything big, like in, when we started on the internet in 1999, nothing made sense. And then by 2001, it started really making sense. And so I think what you're seeing now is marketing is starting to rationalize, promotion is starting to rationalize, and there will be a good long-term business here, then you just have to say, what is it worth? And you say, what are they going to make, and right. put a you know, 12, 15 multiple gets, and that's what it's worth long term, and then
4: discount them back. But then the 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 answer is, you're only as smart as your dumbest competitor, just like in the airlines, right? If they're going to give away money to acquire customers. You definitely.
2: But the whole business is rationalized. Right. And our, our belief is, what, what makes it very different about Fanatics is we have, you know, you know, we own half a Lids that has 1,300 stores. Okay, that's great for customer acquisition. We have close to 100 million customers in the Fanatics database. We talked to. We're going to do 50 million orders in North American e-commerce this year. So that we have the most transactionally driven sports digital brand. And on top of that, we have. Um, we have a big customer database. We have uh, the ability to talk to customers. We have these relationships with sports properties. So I'd say the biggest cost of, of online sports betting and iGaming is marketing. And we have the best marketing what,
1: advantage by what, far and away. What's your gamble on the ESPN of it all?
2: Yeah, look, I think ESPN's great contact, uh, great, great, great content um you know this is it's going to be a big business long term so do i believe that espn will be a viable driver of a gaming business whether they do it directly or indirectly absolutely do i believe Would you ever want to partner with them um you know we want to partner with anybody we can make money with and right. by the way different than most people we don't want to partner with people that we can't make money with because we believe that we actually want to right. be a profitable business and you know fanatics has re- real free cash flow in 2022 all the money you talked about us raising is for M A because there's a great environment. We love these environments.
3: You're, you're yeah. approaching monopoly, so we were watching no, the. No, we're not actually. We were watching the Bengals. The, uh, and, and Joe Burrow, did you see his his Bengals hat, which was kind of cool looking? No, but
2: hopefully website. it was a fanatics Bengals hat. What's that? Hopefully it was a fanatics.
3: When he was, it was. No, it was. And, and my wife said, I'm going to get you that hat for Christmas. And I go, No, that'll ruin it for the Bengals. So don't do that. But or Bingles, is Jim well. but she looked up. it as a fanatics. Of course it was. Yeah. Was it going to be anything else?
2: Well, we start, look, we believe if we keep, and, and I'm really serious when I say this, we believe if we keep innovating for the fan. Every business we get into, we say, we don't want to be in it if we can't do it much better for the consumer if we can't make a great business for the sports properties and the athletes that we work with and the players associations, and if we can't make a lot of money from a long term. And so, you know, we believe there's a lot of innovation still to come, like if you look in the core merchandise business, I just went to our newest fulfillment center in Maryland a few weeks ago. and. We used to spend $30 million to operate a fulfillment center and had 1,500 associates. Now we spend $80 million to open it. It's fully robotic. and has 250 people working there. And now we can ship orders more quickly. So now when you place an order, it's out the door in a few hours versus a day and a half because of the automation that comes So
1: We're always working to automate everything that we do. I have a Nike question. Yeah. When you guys do Nike-branded products, yeah? how does that work? Yeah, so I think, you know, look,
2: Nike's the most incredible brand in the world. And it's, you know, I've, I've you know, most of the, you know, most of the products I wear are Nike shoes, and I'm actually a pretty big shoe guy. What I think if you asked team owners, sports properties, what they'd say is, they're so excited to be in business with Nike because of the marketing that they bring to the sport and because of the uh, creativity that they bring, but they're not, licensed sports is not quarter of what they do. It's a very small percentage of their business. Right. So for us, and a lot of people don't know this, anything that's made uh, with NFL, Major League Baseball, now the top colleges yep. that start in 2024, the Tokyo Giants we just announced yep, just a few weeks that. ago. Yeah, that's all um, made by fanatics. Right, in trip, no, do, that's a, so a, fascinating a, to me, yeah. and, and the, I don't think
1: people people appreciate that or know that
2: they don't. And the reason that Nike does, and the reason the sports properties do, is, is everyone feels like we're all winning together because Nike gets the sports marketing benefit to help drive their massive footwear and apparel business. What the sports property team owners get and fans get is, you know, we're growing the business much more quickly because we wake up and we go to bed obsessed with how to do the best job for the fan. So the results have been great. It, Since it, these businesses have moved from Nike to Fanatics, we've been able to grow the business and better satisfy Nike, sports fans, and the sports properties.
3: You know, people that do finally have F.U. money, and I think I, think I saw that on, on, um, on Billions. And yeah. I, yeah, yeah. So People that do have it, they love buying sports teams. Anyway, I mean, Bomber. Why is he on it? Because it's fun. Wes, all these guys that own that own sports teams. Any way you can structure this so you can stay in all these businesses and maybe get back into that someday? Or
2: you, you, but, you, you know, for me, it was actually an easier decision than people think. Like, look, the only sports team that I really bleed is the Sixers. But at the end of the day, the opportunity we had. You'll never the, buy. You're never, you never. You're not going to own the Sixers. Had, the opportunity we had of the fanatics was so. much There's no bigger. way to to, to, and, to and, structure it so y- that you could. You know, for me. Um, you know, we had so much conflict with the league rules. You can't have individual deals with athletes. We have 3,000 deals with athletes. You can't take bets on your own team. You can't have players that are investors, you know, in your business. You can't have agents that are investors in your The game you business.
4: love winning is your business. and, and, that's and right. I love It's so fun.
3: You could open a record company too with all your content. You could do but, so but, but, many different but, things. You never. But, you only want to make money. Though. That's, listen, that's just,
2: I, I actually, I'm not driven by making money. What I'm driven is kind winning. of innovating and yep. winning. And well, I then you, you want to own the sixes again. We have a massive opportunity to finance. The idea to create the truly global digital sports platform, do it in merchandise, do it in gaming, do it in it. Would you buy a casino lectibles?
4: company so that you have the synergies in person? Brick-and-mortar. Like yeah.
2: I, look, I don't think brick-and-mortar casino is something that, that we want to directly own, but I think, you know, could we be an investor in something over time potentially? The most important thing, I, look, the biggest thing I did wrong at my old company, GSI Commerce that eBay bought, was we did too many things not well enough. So if there's one thing I could tell you, I wake up and go to bed every day, like, like violently focused on how do we do great in the business that we're in, and we say no to 99% of things mm. that people ask us. And what that does is creates a better experience for the fan, yeah. a better experience for the spectator. All right, the next, story. but here's the, here's the good news. Okay, yeah. let's go.
0: Next on Squawk Pod, one record-setting mega deal on the baseball diamond. We'll be right back. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe.
3: Yankee slugger Aaron Judge has reportedly signed a nine-year contract uh, worth $360 million to remain with the Yankees. That's according to The Athletic, the publication he was being aggressively pursued by the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Uh, Judge is the reigning AL MVP coming off a season in which he hit 62 home runs, breaking Roger Maris's American League a single season record. He also hit over 300, which is have
4: you seen him in person? Crazy. He's he six Yankees. eight. He is huge. I know. it's just like, like six eight. Well, you can see
3: him when he's like standing at the plate. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's
4: like you're in the wrong sport We thought football, right? Like, yeah. Look out when he, when he hits the right. ball.
3: Right. Yeah. He, 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 that's what he's they said. He was being courted league. by the Giants. The maybe the, the New York, <laughs> York Giants. No, it was the right. San Francisco Giants. Uh, I, I, he's great. He's a great player.
4: I like him. He's fun to watch. I I I
3: don't know. You need a guy that you know, in the postseason, that's when yeah, you peak. you got to peak in the postseason. But
4: you can grow into that. And I have to I say, as, it, it, Maybe, as, yeah. as, it, it, watching in the stadium, like the whole stadium stops to see what he's doing. And any you have a player that everybody just, like, stops what they're doing, stops talking to watch and see what happens, that's worth the price of admission.
3: I'm back to thinking, even though it might be boring, but guys like Verlander or Max Scherzer yeah, or, or DeGrom. No, pitching. Oh, pitching with the... It's like uh-huh. with golf. You drive for show, but you putt for dough, which is a big problem for me. Um, Verlander in the
4: first game of the series, the series final, World Series. No, I know. Uh, you
3: you know, won was, him for that, too. But, uh, you know, the Yankees, we had... Uh, the Yankees had Garrett Cole, and you, you pay that guy for the postseason, and then when it doesn't happen, it's like, why...
4: Aaron Judge seems young to me. Like, give him a little time. Right. But nine years, I think you you end up doing that. And, again, it was... It was an entire season's worth of packing people in the seats and making sure people were watching the game. I watched every a, game to see when he was going to get the
3: If I get you a DraftKings account, you're going to be so like I have it's like exponentially made me just interested in everything, everything for $5 a bet. Fun.
4: And you call him cheap. <laughs> you're like watching every <laughs> No, game I didn't call, him cheap. I, no, I call him cheap. I agreed with myself
3: cheap. I agreed with
1: him when he said he was I I admire frugality, as you know. Yes, I think it's a, a great trait.
0: Yes. And that's Squawk Pod for today. Thanks for listening, as always. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the best of our show every single day, plus a little extra, interviews and analysis, even the jokes that you can't miss. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow.
1: We are clear. Thanks, guys.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses,